Hi, this is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. Coming up this week, we'll be talking about the banking crisis that still won't stop, the increased risk of a recession this year, and what you can do to protect yourself. Welcome in to The Wall Street Sweeper. This is the only industry that I know of where you can actually pay more to get something worse. Uncover retirement concepts you need to know. They might have gotten one of those reports that you know they hit enter on and it says you're probably going to be okay, but if you're not, it's not our fault. And now, The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ Hackman is president of the firm Hackman Wealth Partners here and with offices in the Boston area, downtown Wakefield, Newton and Hingham, and ready to talk to you about helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. That's why we say Russ is sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. And Russ, we thought maybe, well, you didn't because you said it hadn't gone away. But I think we as a nation thought maybe that bank thing was over. But apparently it's not. And this week we're witnessing the pending failure of another bank, First Republic. Now, these guys were a major bank just a few months ago. So I know our listeners want to know, first off, are there more dominoes to fall? Is our money safe? And what does this mean for our economy and our markets? Well, it sure is a, a, a shame to see this happen. And I, and I really do think that it is a major botch by our regulators and policymakers. You know, we had a couple banks fail Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, uh, everyone knows, failed a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I don't consider myself any great genius to say, you know, for saying a few weeks ago, I would be shocked if there's not more dominoes to fall. You know, I think slightly in, prescient though. <laughs> yeah, if you've if you've lived through these crises before, you know, the old where there's smoke, there's fire, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, and and we've talked about you know some of the core issues that have and we're going to talk i think relatively extensively on this show about some of the core issues that have caused these problems for banks but one of the major one is the sharp increase in interest rates that caused the banks themselves to lose a lot of money on their bond portfolios just like a lot of our listeners out there have lost a lot of money on bond funds and on a macro scale that's exactly what happened to these big banks so you've got thousands of good-sized banks throughout the world that have basically a similar problem. And, you know, our regulators best move was to raise their hand and say, well, we think this is contained and it's, 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 it's done with Silicon Valley bank. And it's like, come on guys. Like, like, I mean, you're just, you know, uh, are we me, seeing like a chain you know, reaction here? Or it's what? like hear no evil, see no, so see no evil. But I think, you know, what, you, what you're witnessing now with, you know, and it's going to play out day to day, but the pending failure of First Republic, their stock, by the way, is uh, was at $200, um, you know, or up near $200 mm-hmm. several months ago, you know, multi-billion dollar company, you know, has been fa- falling below $10 a share and who knows, maybe on its way to zero before all this is over. What so, happened? And we've, you know, and I've, done my banking for years, by the way, at First Republic. I think it's really a great bank. And I, again, think that it is some policy mismanagement that is allowing this problem to uh, continue. Uh, So, 
you know, as you know, what happened, Dave, you know, what's going on with this? Well, what's happening is it's basically a crisis of confidence. And, you know, what you're seeing is that, you know, if there's the perception that is a, that is a bank that's in trouble, in many ways, the uh, federal deposit insurance system is outdated in the sense that it only covers up to $250,000, which is okay for most individuals. And, you know, certainly we have individuals who invest in CDs. And Should that you know, number have grown incrementally? It definitely should have grown, and it should have grown to accommodate business accounts. So what happens is if you have First Republic that catered to a large amount of businesses and also a large amount of wealthy people, and you know some of those businesses had millions of dollars. Some of those wealthy people had millions of dollars in there, and then they start saying, "Well, gee, only two hundred fifty thousand of it is protected. If um, you know something happens, they all take their money out." So mm-hmm. First Republic lost a hundred billion dollars of deposits. Wow! I think about half of their deposits in the span of about a month. What's also happening is it's so easy to move money between banks now that. You know, money can move much faster than it used to be able to. So, you know, getting back to some of our core questions, is there more of this to happen? You know, is our money safe? And and kind of what you were asking, Dave, what does this mean for economy and the markets? I think, you know, without a solid policy response, there will be more of this. And I think what the what the regulators will be forced to do is something more broad-based in terms of guaranteeing bank deposits. They basically guaranteed bank deposits, by the way, in unlimited size, and they even guaranteed money market funds in unlimited size during 2008, and they may have to step up and do something very, very substantial. So we will be talking about this a good amount more on the show, so it is a good time. Uh, Dave, to transition to the first opportunity for folks to uh, give us a call, come and see us, get a second opinion. If you're worried about uh, what uh, this rising risk in the financial system means for you, good time to come in and get a second opinion from us. Let's offer that, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000, and it's a comprehensive review. Next five, no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ helps a couple reduce their risk to the stock and bond markets. Get a clear picture of your financial life and sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. It is the Wall Street Sweeper. Back into the conversation with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, offices around Boston, downtown, Wakefield, Newton, and Hingham. Uh, We are going to talk, as Russ said, more about the situation with the banks on the show today. But this is a very popular feature of the show, Russ. And that's when you share examples and case studies of listeners who you work with and have worked with. And the great thing about it, I think what part of what makes it so popular is that it gives us all a sense of possibilities in a very uncertain world. Yeah, I do appreciate when people do come in to see us, Dave, and they do say, hey, I heard a little bit of myself or what we've seen going on uh, in our lives and what you've been talking about with other people out there. Obviously, there are similar characteristics uh, that, and there's different types of clients, and I'm going to talk about kind of different kinds of needs and clients and listeners that we see uh, today. And I think it's good for people to hear, you know, people who are in a similar situation uh, as you, people who may have more money, less money, you know, different sets of challenges. It gives people context 
of you know the different levers that they can pull to try to get a handle and more certainty around their financial life. And again, do appreciate everyone. Uh, so many listeners have called us this year, uh, particularly as we've been continuing our work on WBZ. Uh, that is uh, a great number of people that have come in. And as we offer these opportunities for folks to come in and see us, please do uh, grab an opportunity when you can. Our calendars are getting are pretty full, and we do also hold time on our calendars, of course, for existing clients. So uh, in any event, I do want to get into this uh, spe- specific example, Dave. We met with a couple from uh, Rockland, about 68 years old and retired. And they came in to see us uh, in our Hingham office. And, you know, we've talked about, Dave, we've got various offices, uh, Hingham, Wakefield, Newton, and downtown. People come into, you know, the most convenient office for them. This particular couple, again, came into Hingham. They had saved over a million and a half dollars. This was divided between a couple of different big box advisors. They had wanted to be pretty conservative, Dave, and their advisors interpreted this as let's allocate a bunch of money to bonds. Mm. And our listeners out there know we've talked extensively about bonds are not the refuge uh, in a high interest rate environment, in an inflationary environment. Bonds are not a great refuge for your money. And again, bond losses have been a big trigger of this banking crisis that's going on. We'll see how far it's going to go. But bonds and bond funds unless you have individual bonds that are very short dated, are not a great way to protect yourself in this new world that we're living in, where I think there's going to be inflation in the three to 4% range for a long time to come. So in their particular case, this was supposed to be our conservative money, right? And they also had an equivalent amount in stocks, so like a lot of people out there lost money in our stocks, lost money in our bonds, and this what I call kind of two-dimensional financial planning of a lot of the big box firms. It's just we're putting X in stocks and one minus X in bonds and, you know, just pick your spot on a line. And to me, that is, you know, some pretty inadequate thinking. Mm -hmm. And you didn't need to know that inflation was going to go to 8%, now down to about 5 to know that bonds weren't the greatest place for your safe money. Because even back in 2000, 2001, when we were looking at them, saying it's, it, was, it was saying heads I make a percent or two in bonds if I'm flipping a coin and tails I lose 10 or 15% if interest rates rose. So, you know, all other things being equal, we had a fair amount less bonds in our client's portfolio, a lot less. And we certainly looking, weren't looking for bonds as our really, really safe money. So these folks, now fortunately, they've got some decent pensions and cash flow, but they came in saying to to me, hey, Russ, really, where can we make four, five, six percent a year, seven percent maybe? We're not looking to be heroes here. We want to beat inflation by a couple percentage points. And, you know, we hear you talking about Cat 5 storms and that this 2022 occurrence wasn't even that bad. You know, what are we going to do? Lose 500,000 the next time the markets go down? Wow, they right? don't want to. And they're, they're sitting here saying, we got decent cash flow. We're looking to protect and grow what we have. And there really are some great options out there. And that's what we put in place for them. You know, there really are, when you boil it down, Dave, I think there's really only three 
decent places to have your money now. Okay. Leaving out real estate and, you know, other things. But one is cash and CDs, right? We got money market funds earning four and a half percent, right? And bond funds that I can lose more money on earning three percent. So I like I like cash and CDs a lot better. I like principal protected growth assets. These can be low cost principal guaranteed annuities. They can be low cost principal guaranteed securities products. There's different ways to do safe assets where you can get market upside without market downside. And then, yeah, we want more than half of our assets, 50, 60, 70% of our assets effectively in investments that cannot go backwards in a category five storm. So that's what we did for them. We put between them, we put uh, between their different assets, we put over 70% of their assets in these principal protected growth products and our and CDs. And on top of that, we put we put together a dividend paying stock portfolio with the, with the remaining 30% of their assets. So if you think about it this way, they've got 70% of their assets that can't go backwards. A big chunk of that is highly liquid. And they also have a nice portfolio of dividend paying stocks paying four to five percent a year but if 30 percent of my money gets beat up in a down market it's not that big of a deal and i can afford to wait that out and let that money recover if i've got 60 70 whatever the percentages of your money safe sounds like the kind of conservative they were originally looking for absolutely and and uh you know we made this transition for them they know that the next time you know, at some point, there will be that Category 5 storm, that down 50% move, and they know they're protected from that. So, Dave, this is a good opportunity, again, to offer folks the opportunity to come in and get a second opinion from us, see what it would look like to make your portfolio a lot safer. And let me tell you, that doesn't mean you're not going to get a decent return. Let's offer that opportunity, Dave, to the next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And keep in mind for the next five, this is no obligation and no cost for this comprehensive review. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ talks more about some of the problems behind the banking crisis and speculates about how this might continue to play out. away the clutter of Wall Street. Russ Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners and for your convenience, four offices to meet with him and talk about your financial situation around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Newton and Hingham. Russ, we opened up talking about the banking crisis and as you promised, we're going to continue with the talk. We we opened up talking about uh, the problems with First Republic and I, I know, Russ, some listeners are wondering, well, why are they failing now? When we don't have a housing crisis or a recession, and that's a really good question, right? I mean, the uh, there's nothing there's nothing to uh, my laughing about. It doesn't indicate there's anything funny about it. You know, my 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 mother has an expression: if you didn't, which probably other people know, if you didn't laugh, you'd have to cry, right? So, 
Yeah, seeing this failure of banks and seeing it costing, you know, people in those banks their jobs and, you know, hopefully they'll be transitioned to whoever takes over, you know, the new bank. And I think that is happening, you know, to a large extent, for example, with the bank that bought uh, Silicon Valley is a lot of those jobs that uh, are preserved. So that's a good thing. But yeah, it's like, okay, the last thing we expected, I think, going I mean, this last couple of years or three years has been uh, just so many things out of left field. You got COVID and now all of a sudden you've got, wait, are we, inflation, first time in 40 years, yeah. went to 9%. And now we've got just out of the blue, I don't think anyone expected this, that the that we have bank failures. It really seemed right. out of no, the blue. Right? And there's no, there's been no real... The last time we had a bunch of bank failures was 2008, and that, in large part, was triggered by, you know, mortgage assets right. that went bad in the hands of banks, and uh, you know, credit problems and other things. And now, what you're seeing is, yeah, basically, the assets of banks are deteriorating in different ways, and in in large part, it's they were owning both long-term government bonds and long-term you know, mortgage bonds are very highly rated. And the reason they lost money is not because the credit of those bonds went down, but because interest rates went up. Same reason you're and, warning our listeners about bonds. Yeah. And and again, you don't you don't need to have called the increase in inflation to know that, you know, just the 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 math that finance folks are taught on bonds is, you know, if the 10-year U.S. Treasury, which a lot of assets are linked to, which a lot of bond funds are linked to, goes up, if the yield or interest rates rise by about 1%, then that bond loses about 7% in value. That's called the duration of the bond for Mm -hmm. those, you know, math or finance geeks out Mm -hmm. there. And so, you were able to see, even when rates were very low, when the 10-year got to between 1% and 2%, that if interest rates rose for any reason, that bond funds could lose 7 to 15%. And guess what? They ended up losing 15%, wow. right? Yeah. So what now, what does this also mean? Now, one way or another, this banking crisis will get contained because policymakers do have a lot of tools at their disposal. It just seems that they've not really wanted to break out, you know, the bazooka, so to speak, but I think that they're going to have to. But unfortunately, I think what's happening because of their failure to act more decisively is this causing this huge migration of deposits from the small to mid-sized banks that now people are worried about to the large banks. So your your JP Morgans, your Citibanks, your Wells Fargo's, those banks, those too big to fail banks are getting even bigger. And guess what's going to happen at some point down the road? Too big, too big to fail. To fail. <laughs> well, one of them is going to fail, right? right. I'm not saying that's happening soon, but you can put that on your you know, list of things that's going to happen in the next 20 years probably as one of these will go down. We'll have another big mess. But this does increase the risk of recession, I think, and increases the risk of a market downturn. So I'm kind of venting about all this because I, I do view some of it as, as sort of bad policymaking. But it is a good time to transition again, Dave, to an opportunity 
opportunity for the next five callers to come in and see us and get a second opinion if they've saved over $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. It is a comprehensive financial review and it's about you. That's the great thing about it. And next five at no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ helps a couple decide it's okay to retire. Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and our weekly get-together, we call it the Wall Street Sweeper. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins with Russ Hackman, who is available to talk to you and where you are in your financial life and learn about your concerns and talk about the strategies that we hear about on this show every week from Russ. Uh, and offices in down around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Newton, and Hingham. Love the segment of the show where Russ answers questions from listeners. Here is how you can submit your question. The website is is hackmanwealth.com. Click the radio tab and there's a, a spot there to submit your question. Like Lucas in Westwood, I have close to $1 million in tax deferred funds. I'm 62. Now, would it be possible to spend down before required minimum distributions kick in or would conversions to Roth in my early 60s be best? Yeah. So, in terms of thinking about tax-deferred assets, those can be the best funds to spend early, right? In the sense that, you know, you've saved that money. It is money that you've anticipated, you, know, you set aside, you, it was tax-deferred, you've anticipated spending it at some point in your life. And it's good to do two things with it as you get to retirement. Number one is spend it. And number two is to try to get some of it into Roth conversion. So uh, get it into Roth accounts, which you can do by taking out assets from your IRAs, paying taxes on them and depositing that money into Roth funds. A lot of people don't know that you can really do that in unlimited size uh, whenever you want to. Of course, taking money out of your IRAs does trigger taxes on that money. So you got to be prepared to pay your taxes. But if it is at such time that your income is low, maybe you haven't started Social Security, your required minimum distributions haven't started at 73, it can be a good time to try to move money over into Roth accounts. So when folks hear us talking about when they come in to see us doing a tax liability estimate or a tax reduction plan, that's a lot of what we're looking at at is can we, particularly before tax increases come through in 2026, which they're going to do as the tax cuts from the beginning of the Trump administration sunset, you know, can we get some money into Roth accounts before then? And if you do the math, in some cases, that can make a very big difference. Um, so there's a few things to look at. You have to look at your whole picture as well, Lucas. But uh Certainly a good question. And Archie in Dover says this, I'm 60, married, no other dependents, planning to retire in six or seven years. I've been self-managing my funds and generally pretty comfortable with our situation. Now, I, I wanted to create a relationship with someone who would step in on topics I'm unsure about and help to manage the portfolio, make regular disbursements to my wife if anything happens to me, and to make sure that she is set for life. Is this something that I can talk to you about? About, even if I do prefer to manage my own funds. 
And that is a common question uh, that we get. We have a lot of people who are, you know, are self-managed and, you know, have done a good job accumulating assets over time, but realizing that, you know, it's, it's usually the case that if there's one person in a couple that is that comfortable doing that, it, it's sort of, you know, maybe the law of averages or I don't know what, that the other person is not as into finance. Mm-hmm. I, I, rare, I rarely meet couples where both both people, you know, are would consider themselves highly financially literate. I wonder it's if they'd get along if they were. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, right? <laughs> it's left brain, right brain kind right. of stuff, right? So, you know, and in this case, so there's nothing wrong with with figuring out a way to have a relationship with a financial advisor where you still manage a portion of your own assets while the advisor manages another portion. There are fee-only advisors where you can manage all of your assets. I don't, we're not a fee-only advisor we are fiduciary and we charge fees based upon assets, but we don't have to manage, you know, everyone's assets. But, you know, I've said it before, everyone needs a good financial person by the time they're 85, I think. You need a good mechanic and a good doctor too. Sure. So uh, it is a good time to transition to that opportunity. If you want to come in and see us and, and see if we might be a potential partner for you, you're not going to be around forever. You're going to get older. And it's nice to have a financial partner who's younger than you. People try to guess my age. I am 52 and I've got, we have a team members who are younger than old, and older than me. But let's do offer that opportunity, Dave, to uh, for folks to come in and see us if they've saved $500,000 or more for retirement to get that second opinion. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, the story of a couple retiring with certainty of lifetime cash flow. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. As always, glad you're with us on the Wall Street Sweeper, our weekly get together. And Russ is in, I think of him as the Wall Street Sweeper, sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. We open talking about uh, now the latest developments in the banking sector situation, and we'll certainly continue with that. But let's get into another case study, hearing how a couple listeners came in, talked to Russ, had their concerns, and how Russ addressed those concerns. And Russ, these are always so helpful, especially for people to hear these and relate to these in times like we're in. Yeah, absolutely, Dave, and and do enjoy sharing uh, these stories. Yeah, and talking about we were, as, as you opened up, Dave, we were talking about this was a, a client who was looking for what we call paycheck replacement, and a lot of folks are in that camp where, you know, when I stop working, what's the check or where am I drawing from that replaces that so I can continue to meet my monthly obligations, Plus, obviously, some of the things that we'd we'd like to do optionally in retirement, like travel and have some fun, yeah, right. After we spent all this time working, and uh, this is a category of clients uh, that we have, our listeners that come in, and and generally ha- we have kind of two categories. You know, those who are very dependent on cash flow from their assets to replace paychecks, and need to be really sure that those assets last. And that's tricky these days. I mean, you can have a couple million dollars these days, and still Still, you know, if you have 30, 40 year time horizon and risk of real inflation, which we've seen, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion that, you know, two million bucks or whatever will last you forever. Right. Which right. is a strange thing to say when you <laughs> think about it. But um, and so we have those folks who are, are very dependent and, and focused on making sure their money doesn't run out. And then 
another category of folks who have very good, perhaps they have very good retirement income from pensions. They may have uh, real estate assets that are generating cash flow for them, or they have enough assets that running out of cash really isn't a big concern. But I'll tell you, Dave, uh, and for everyone out there, you know, we have clients and listeners who come in with, you know, $750,000, they come in with $10 million or even $20 million. And let me tell you, every single one of those clients is focused on protecting themselves against big market losses. They're worried about what's going on in the world. They're worried about the political environment, which doesn't seem to be really providing great leadership, no matter what party you're looking at. And people are certainly always focused on avoiding paying too much in taxes. Those are very common denominators across, you know, all listeners uh, that we meet is, and, you know, I haven't read, met anyone, even if they're very wealthy, that's comfortable with, you know, losing, you know, 20, 30, 40% of their assets, right? Maybe even uh, less comfortable. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> Nobody's okay with that. Yeah. Right? So this particular couple that I'm referring to that was looking for paycheck replacement, they came in uh, from New Hampshire, came into our um, Wakefield office, and we're, we're glad to have, we've got listeners up in uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, even Maine, uh, that come in to see us, which is great. Um, these folks were 66 years old again, coming in from New Hampshire, just ready to retire. They'd saved about $1.3 million. Now, they had, um, again, not really decent retirement cash flow other than Social Security. They had, for a few years, gotten very conservatively positioned across their portfolio, meaning they had very little in stocks and bonds through the last couple of years. So that saved them, in a way, some aggravation uh, or, or they saved them from losses during this market downturn. But where they had gotten into was cash, lower yielding CDs mm-hmm. in some of their retirement accounts. People get into stable value funds. When we meet clients who are, for example, they work with the federal government, they may be in the G fund, for example, uh, of the TSP, which is part of the government savings plan. There's equivalent um, funds in state plans. And we do, we do deal with a lot of federal and state employees or local employees of one kind or another. So in their case, they got in their portfolio very safe, this 1.3 million, but they're looking at it saying, well, we have no idea if we can retire because this is only making two or 3% a year. Not working hard enough for them. Right. And, you know, that's not going to cut it in terms of retirement cash flow, and that that's not even really keeping pace with inflation. So the real value of their portfolio is really declining. And in addition, they'd also heard me talk on the show, and they said, listen, we hear you. We need a partner to sort of to make this decision to retire and to accompany us into retirement. We need a partner who's going to be there, who's going to be a phone call away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we realize both of us, you know, one of us is going to outlive the other, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, that was a conversation we sat down to have around paycheck replacement and around partnership. And what we ended up doing for them in order to just just provide certainty of income is, you know, we've talked about before on the show, you can get now in the private market 
something that's a lot like a pension, something that guarantees income for the life of both spouses. And it's not some kind of old fashioned annuity that, you know, if something happens to you when you're on the younger side, that nothing goes to your beneficiary. Basically, a private pension that pays for as long as either one of you is alive. And that's what we ended up doing for these folks. And what we put about 40% of their portfolio into something that would replace their paychecks. And that and that put them in a position where that plus their Social Security was going to give them at least $100,000 a year. Okay. And they didn't have a ton of expenses. They were able to say, hey, we, we put 40% of our portfolio plus our Social Security. That's going to take care of most of our cash flow needs for life, right? Now, the other 60%, we can keep 40% of it pretty liquid like they had before. We can put it now in CDs yielding 4 or 5%. We could have a sliver in stocks. They really didn't have much appetite for stock market mm-hmm. risk, but, you know, a hundred grand or so in dividend paying stocks. That's what we did to get them set up such that they're able then, they've already given notice to their employers that they're going to retire. When they retire, they're going to have those paychecks replaced. They've got a big bucket of liquid assets, too, to cover them in the case of emergencies. Probably a big they've bucket got, list, too, right, for the fund. <laughs> right? And they've got a partner for life to accompany them. That's so great. It, for folks out there, this notion of replacing paychecks, stable cash flow, protecting yourself against all this craziness out there, that's what we're doing day in and day out. And do encourage you to come in and see us and get that second opinion. Let's offer that, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. Just like Russ shared, you can come in and talk about you, your concerns, your dreams about you and your financial situation. 617-674-2000 to do that. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ takes questions from listeners. Wall Street Sweeper and the weekly conversation with Russ Hackman, who is president of Hackman Wealth Partners. It is a great conversation every week on this show, but Russ is giving us all what we need to be thinking about in retirement, not only retirement of 2023, and it is different from our parents and grandparents, but retirement in some rocky, turbulent times and always preparing for, as Russ says, that uh, that impending Cat 5 storm at some point when it comes. Love, the, love when you take questions from listeners, Russ, and I really, both of us really appreciate the listeners who submit questions, which you can as well. If you have a question you want Russ to answer on the air, hackmanwealth.com is the website, hackmanwealth.com. Just click the radio tab to submit yours. Uh, Faye and Hingham, which is where Russ has one of his four offices in the Boston area. My husband and I earn a combined household income of nearly 225000 Now, we both max out our 401k, and we've done so for the last two decades. Are we allowed to open a Roth IRA for each of us? Now, I've heard some folks say that we are not eligible to open one, so any input would be much appreciated. Okay, yeah, at $225,000, you're not able, Faye, to... Open a standalone Roth IRA that might be 
$7,000 or so each because you're right up at this threshold, which is right at about 225000 That doesn't allow you to open up sort of an outside IRA. But a good opportunity for you both is within your 401ks, you probably do now have the option to contribute to Roth and you know, we've been trained for so many years to, okay, let's max out our 401ks, let's defer taxes. But taxes right now are really at generational lows. And people have heard us talk about it on the show that taxes are going up in 2026 automatically as some of the prior tax cuts sunset. And so for, for Faye, your husband, it's a good opportunity to say, hey, why don't I pay my taxes now on this money, get it into a Roth account, it can grow tax-free forever. It's sort of like people hear us talk about conversions. It's sort of like, in this case, while you're still working, getting a jump on conversions. Don't put money in the 401k in the first place or at least switch to Roth. I know that may sound a little bit technical, and obviously it's something we get into uh, with people as they come into the office. But um and I think it's good advice for kids, too. We talk to the clients of kids, even for my own kids who are starting to work. You know, my daughter's going to work uh, this uh, coming year uh, in the city. And I'm saying, I'm saying to this young generation, put all your money in the Roth 401k. There's no reason not to pay your taxes now when you're in a relatively low tax bracket. Right. And let me tell you, if you got retirement savings growing tax-free forever for mm. the next 40 years, because mm. you're, if you're in your 20s, Man. that is great advice really to give is. to nieces, nephews, kids, grandkids. It can make a huge difference to them way down the road. I'm going to be pounding that into my daughter for sure when she gets out of college. There you go. All right. From uh, Michelle in Framingham, my husband and I are 62 and still working. We have grown kids and some very old estate plans. Now, I don't really want to spend big money updating our wills, et cetera, but worried that some of this may be outdated. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it definitely is smart to get your documents updated. Not only the wills, but the law changes over time around some of the important documents that come along with wills, like health care proxies uh, and powers of attorney and related documents that are what you might call like end-of-life documents. And those documents can be very, very important so you don't end up you know, if you get to, you know, something happens to you, you're at the point where you're not really able to advocate for, for yourself that the right decisions get made, that your money is protected, that the right people are able to spend on your behalf. Those are important things to do. Now, to your point, Michelle, it can be kind of annoying to walk into your average trust and estates lawyers and hopefully not going to offend any that that are out there <laughs> but it can be pretty frustrating to pay like 2 3 4000 dollars for a set of documents that is pretty standardized these days yeah. if you don't have sort of you know kind of fancy estate planning needs which and even if you need like a basic living trust you know that's pretty standard stuff and so you know we do help people with estate planning now we're not attorneys but there's some good networks out there and we we became a member of one where they 
are a network of attorneys or a company that provides a network of attorneys that's available in every state. And what they do is they say, hey, financial advisor, you guys have the full picture on people's assets and their lives. And if you package it up in a bow for us, nice and neat, as opposed to the lawyer having to drag it out of people, they say, hey, for your clients, Mr. Financial Advisor, that's a lot more efficient for us. And we'll do the documents for 600 bucks, 700 bucks, 800 bucks. So we've helped a lot of clients get their estate plans in order. There is an outside lawyer that's responsible for it. But because of it's more efficient for the attorneys, the economics are a lot better. So we may be able to help you with that, uh, Michelle. There may be some others too, but that's a good way to get your estate plans done. That's what makes this a comprehensive process uh, with Russ. Jack in Bedford, my wife and I are 70 and wondering if we should consider downsizing our four-bedroom house we've lived in forever. Uh, Do you recommend downsizing for most people? I tell you, for for almost everyone and having, you know, worked with so many people and seen what's worked and what's not, doesn't it almost doesn't matter how much money you have. It's not a, an economic matter. I certainly think if you have a mortgage that's continuing for a while, it can make sense to downsize. I think it's good to be mortgage-free in retirement. If you can, that runs counter to some other wisdom, but I it there is nice psychological value in being mortgage-free. Yeah. But I've found for most clients uh, and even my own parents that they like it a lot when they downsize get on one floor, don't have all this stuff to worry about, you know, shoveling, gardening, whatever else, you have to pay somebody else for it. I think it does make sense for most people. So um, it gives us, we're getting to the end of this segment, Dave. So it is a good opportunity to uh, give folks an opportunity to call in, come in and see us, get our second opinion, get one of those tax liability, tax reduction plans that we've talked about lifetime income plan, safe money plans, all the things that we continue to talk about. Let's do offer that, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. We've talked about a holistic process and a great example Russ gave there with uh, regarding estate planning and a networking opportunity in that partnership with Russ. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ gives us some final guidance on what to look for in the coming weeks and months. it is the Wall Street Sweeper, and Russ Hackman is the president of Hackman Wealth Partners, giving us so much to think about uh, every week on this show. We uh, we open with uh, a, a great market update from Russ, and we're going to revisit the opening of today's show here in just a moment. But I want to mention that Russ has offices in the Boston area, downtown Wakefield, Newton, and Hingham, and certainly ready to talk to you, and he opens his schedule every week on this show to make that available. Well, Russ, we talked a good amount on today about instability in the banking sector, how it could be increasing the risk of even worse recession. What other thoughts do you have to offer in closing for our listeners? Well, I think what's what's happening here, we talked about this migration of deposits 
to the largest banks out there. And it's almost axiomatic that what that means is the small and mid-sized banks, believe me, every manager of a small and mid-sized bank is looking over his shoulder wondering what kind of target you know, he or she's got on <laughs> right. it, right? Like, could I be the next person that everyone starts freaking out about, you know, justifiably or not? Because in some cases, all it needs is it's just a panic sometimes. Yeah, there is sort of a panic. And and again, it's showing that our federal deposit insurance system is outdated. This $250,000 number has not gone up in years and years and years. And what it's going to lead to and what it's definitely already leading to is more of a credit contraction, making mortgages, auto loans and other kinds of loans more difficult to get. At the same time, I think a lot of people are concerned, including myself, that the Federal Reserve is not paying enough attention to the fact that inflation is already coming down. And they're talking about another increase in rates here to five and a quarter in the Fed funds rate. That concerns a lot of market watchers that, you know, what they call, you know, that may, quote unquote, break something again in the financial system, cause more instability uh, because it is probably the time for the Fed to pause and see how inflation continues to come down, especially at the same time there's some cracks emerging in the financial system. So it does seem like the risk, uh, and the Fed is even saying there's probably going to be a recession later this year. I think what's going on in the banking system is increasing the chances that it's worse than uh, it was otherwise going to be. And, you know, it's time for everyone to remain vigilant, thinking about make sure that your portfolio and your plans are updated and modernized for this world that we're living in. And, David, is a good chance. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Let's give you all a final chance to come in and see us. Give us a call. If you want a second opinion in your portfolio, you want to see what we would do if we were the captain of the ship, uh, of your financial ship, do give us a call for the next five calls that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. Five opportunities for the next five at no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Uh, giving us what we need to be thinking about in the financial and retirement universe every week. We're back next week with Russ Hackman and the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman and Claire Hare are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Index or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may 
may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of compensation and or other compensation, such as a percentage of organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interest of our clients to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV 2A Item 4, for additional information.